Section 15 of A Failure of Initiative. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Michelle Fry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. A Failure of Initiative. Final Report of the Select Bipartisan Committee to Investigate the Preparation for and Response to Hurricane Katrina by the United States House of Representatives. Levies, Part 2 Finding the Lack of a Warning System for Breaches and Other Factors Delayed Repairs to Levies Actual Levy Breaches Caused Catastrophic Flooding in New Orleans katrina made landfall as an extraordinarily powerful hurricane katrina was expected to be a category four or five storm although a recent updated analysis from the national weather service concluded it made landfall at the upper end of a category three hurricane with estimated maximum sustained winds of a hundred and ten knots near burris louisiana while katrina had weakened from its peak intensity of category five it remained a very large hurricane the extent of tropical force and hurricane force winds were as large as predicted when katrina was at maximum intensity due to katrina's large size it is possible that sustained winds of category four strength briefly affected the extreme southeastern tip of louisiana however the sustained winds over all of the metropolitan new orleans and lake pontchartrain likely remained weaker than category three strength the storm surge not the winds is the most destructive part of a hurricane and katrina produced a massive storm surge a precise measurement of katrina's storm surge in the new orleans area is difficult to measure in part because of the widespread failures of tide gauges However, various efforts are underway to make a definitive determination, particularly near the levees. While the surge varied by location, some preliminary estimates are that the storm surge off Lake Bourne, which abuts New Orleans, was approximately 18 to 25 feet. One of the highest credible reports of storm surge came from the Hancock County, Mississippi Emergency Operations Center, where the storm surge was 27 feet. One reason for the large size of the storm surge was that Katrina, although making landfall as a strong Category 3, had already generated large northward propagating swells when it was a Category 4 and 5 hurricane during the 24 hours before landfall. One of the instrument buoys located south of Dauphin Island, Alabama, measured a wave height of 55 feet, which matches the largest significant wave height ever measured by such a buoy. Because the eye of Katrina passed just slightly to the east of New Orleans, the hurricane threw unusually severe wind loads and storm surges on the flood protection systems. The surge overtopped large sections of the levees during the morning of August 19, east of New Orleans, in Orleans and St. Bernard parishes, and it also pushed water up the intercoastal waterway and into the industrial canal. The water rise in Lake Pontchartrain strained the flood walls along the canals adjacent to its southern shore, including the 17th Street Canal and the London Avenue Canal. Breaches along all of these canals led to flooding of 80% of New Orleans to depths up to 20 feet. The flooding of central New Orleans led to the most widespread and costly damage of the hurricane. It also led to the difficulties encountered by emergency responders that are documented elsewhere in this report. 
the lack of warning systems and degraded communications prevented situational awareness of the breaches in the levees and delayed repairs despite the well-known importance of the levees and the consequence of failure the local levee boards responsible for maintaining and operating the levees do not have any warning system in place federal regulations require local sponsors to ensure that flood control structures are operating as intended and to continuously patrol the structure during flood periods to ensure that no conditions exist that might endanger it however it would be impractical to monitor the levees during a hurricane the executive director of the orleans levee district max hearn stated quote, as the hurricane approached and the water levels began to rise district employees monitored the water levels and patrolled the flood control system as weather conditions deteriorated and became unsafe the district's employees were pulled into sheltered areas to ride out the storm End quote. again with the large number of local organizations involved it was not always clear who would be responsible for monitoring the levees and sounding the alarm if there was a breach according to one scientist quote, if the lines of responsibility and who is in charge aren't clear it is very hard to decide who needs to be issuing warnings and public notices End quote. given that hurricane katrina led to the loss of power and severely degraded communications as discussed in the communications and command and control chapters it is not clear that any warning system would have survived or have been effective in the absence of communications that would have provided situational awareness there were many rumors of flooding and its causes that had to be confirmed before assessment teams and repair teams could be dispatched there were many sources of these reports of flooding point monday august twenty nine at six a m floodwaters began flowing into jackson barracks according to louisiana national guard officers jackson barracks is near the orleans parish st bernard parish line and the floodwaters were determined later to be from the industrial canal breach by late monday morning the floodwaters were eight to ten feet deep at jackson barracks requiring the louisiana national guard to abandon their operations center and re-establish it at the superdome point monday august twenty ninth at seven thirty a m the state of emergency operations center eoc received reports of flooding in the last conference call before communications were lost jefferson parish relayed unconfirmed reports of significant flooding in the east bank new orleans reported extensive flooding in the east and on the lake front st bernard parish reported overtopping of the industrial canal and three feet of water in araby when the state coordinating officer sco jeff smith asked if those flooding rumors were confirmed the parish deputy sheriff said they were confirmed and noted that his building was surrounded by whitecaps smith also stated he was aware of three to four feet of flood waters at jackson barracks point monday august twenty nine morning exact time unknown usace district commander first heard sporadic reports about levee overtopping and breaches the sources of these early reports included local radio stations and a usace employee reporting overtopping at the industrial canal later that day the usace district commander issued a situation report noting flooding with four to five feet of water in kenner jefferson parish flooding with ten feet of water in araby st bernard parish and water coming into lakeview 
new orleans from the seventeenth street canal the report also said that there was a one-block section of the industrial canal that had breached point monday very late evening exact time unknown off-duty police officers began calling their police stations from their residences to report flooding near the seventeenth street and london avenue canals according to the new orleans police department deputy chief lonnie swain said that these reports were the department's first knowledge that flooding was moving into central new orleans they had been aware of flooding in east new orleans from lake pontchartrain and the lower ninth ward from the industrial canal beyond these reports known to the national guard the eoc and the new orleans police department usace was trying to determine the detailed status of the levee system However, the USACE district commander in New Orleans also suffered from a lack of communications capabilities. As noted earlier, there is no early warning system for levee breaches in New Orleans. On Monday at about 3 p.m., the commander and a team ventured out to conduct early assessments of the situation. They were unable to conduct a thorough review because of the high winds, debris, and flooding although they had to return to the bunker it was clear to them at that point that new orleans had suffered catastrophic flooding and they began to review plans for unwatering new orleans on tuesday august thirtieth at about nine a m the usace district commander was able to get a helicopter and see the extent of flooding from the air the usace district office began to develop more detailed plans for repairing the levees after the airborne reconnaissance on august thirty usace has authority to provide a variety of emergency response actions when levees fail or are damaged any repairs to federally constructed levees are funded one hundred percent by the federal government there were also physical barriers that made assessments and repair difficult specifically emergency repair operations to close some of the branches were seriously hampered by lack of access roads usace regulations generally require access roads on top of levees to allow for inspections maintenance and flood fighting operations and most usace levees built in the united states meet this requirement however in new orleans exceptions were made to these regulations because of its highly urban nature access roads were foregone when it was decided to use eye walls in the levee crowns to minimize right-of-ways into surrounding neighborhoods when hurricane katrina led to the breaches in the levees the lack of access roads atop the levees resulted in very significant increases in time and cost to repair the damaged areas poor communications difficulties in doing assessments and physical barriers all served to delay efforts to repair the levees levee repairs did not begin until wednesday when usace began marshalling resources such as contractors materials and equipment at the seventeenth street canal site the louisiana national guard was also involved in these early efforts to conduct emergency repairs of the seventeenth street canal that afternoon usace began dropping three thousand pound sandbags into the breach the next day contractors started delivering sand gravel and rock to the breach site on a newly built access road at both the seventeenth street canal and the london avenue canal army chinook and black hawk helicopters dropped seven thousand pound sandbags an average of six hundred per day into the breaches one breach took over two thousand sandbags before engineers could see the bags under the water surface 
according to one witness before the select committee the need for sand was so great that u s a c e broke into a local business and took five hundred and eighty thousand dollars worth of sand one week later the seventeenth street canal breach was closed once the levee repairs were under way u s a c e turned its attention to unwatering new orleans and other flooded areas since at least two thousand u s a c e has had a detailed plan for unwatering greater new orleans in the event of flooding these unwatering plans were also discussed in the hurricane pam exercise discussed previously the exercise assumed the levees did not breach however there was flooding due to overtopping which inundated new orleans with at least ten feet of water the purpose of the u s a c e unwatering mission was to remove water from flooded areas new orleans seal off canals from lake pontchartrain repair breaches create a series of deliberate breaches in the levee system to help drain them and pump out final excess with existing and temporary pumps through an emergency contracting process usace contracted four companies to complete the unwatering activities and according to usace only one company shaw environmental of baton rouge could respond in a timely manner projections made prior to hurricane katrina that it would take nine weeks to unwater new orleans proved unfounded on october thirteenth forty-three days after katrina landfall u s a c e reported that all flood waters had been removed from the city of new orleans finding ultimate cause of levee failures is under investigation results to be determined several investigations are under way to assess causes of levee failure there are at least four ongoing forensic investigations to determine the cause of the levee breaches around new orleans these are being done by usace's engineer research and development center the center for the study of public health impacts of hurricanes lsu the national science foundation and asce each of these investigations has somewhat similar charters and overlapping membership point interactive performance evacuation task force ipet the usace chief engineer appointed the ipet headed by the engineer research and development center to examine and analyze data in a variety of areas e g geodetic reference datum storm and surge wave modeling hydrodynamic forces at the request of the secretary of defense the results will be analyzed independently by asce and the national research council point louisiana state university lsu the hurricane center was appointed by the state of louisiana to lead the state's forensic investigation of the hurricane katrina levee failures the investigation team includes engineers and coastal scientists conducting analysis of the storm surge levels levee construction and levee failures point national science foundation nsf nsf assembled a levee investigation team consisting of leading national and international experts in major disasters participating teams of scientists are from the university of california berkeley the geo institute of asce the coasts oceans ports and rivers institute of asce and the hurricane research center of lsu point american society of civil engineers asce 
ASCE assembled an independent team of experts consisting of professional engineers with a wide range of geotechnical engineering expertise in the study, safety, and inspection of dams and levees. The purpose of the team is to collect data and make observations to determine why certain sections of the levee system failed and others did not. Preliminary results suggest some levees did not withstand forces they were designed to withstand. Some of the investigators testified or released reports on their preliminary findings. For example, at a November 2, 2005 Senate hearing, witnesses include Paul Mlakar of IPET, Ivor Van Heerden of LSU, Raymond Seed of the University of California, Berkeley, representing the NSF, and Peter Nicholson of the University of Hawaii, representing the ASCE. These witnesses, except Mlakar, testified on the preliminary findings from their investigations. In addition, the NSF and ASCE investigators released a joint interim report with initial findings at that hearing. A month after the Senate hearing, IPET released an interim report with a summary of its field observations, which generally concurred with the NSF-ASCE interim report. In evaluating the causes of levee and flood wall failure, these preliminary reports indicated the impact of the hurricane and thus the potential causes of the breaches varied by location. According to preliminary information from NSF, ASCE, and LSU, most of the levees and flood wall breaches on the east side of New Orleans were caused by overtopping as the storm surge rose over the tops of the levees and or their flood walls and produced erosion that subsequently led to breaches. A variety of factors led to overtopping of the Industrial Canal and the Mississippi River Gulf Outlet, MRGO. An LSU scientist, Hassan Madriqui, said the MRGRO worked as a funnel which increased the height of the storm surge and, quote, caused floodwaters to stack up several feet higher than elsewhere in the metro area and sharply increased the surge's speed as it rushed through the MRGO and into the industrial canal, end quote. The overtopping eroded the backside of the canals, scoured out the foundations, and led to their collapse and thus major flooding of adjacent neighborhoods. According to Seed, quote, a majority of them, levee breaches, were the result of overtopping, and that simply means that the hurricane was bigger than the levees were built to take. End quote. In contrast, there was little or no overtopping along most of the levees in the vicinity of Lake Pontchartrain. The only breach along Lake Pontchartrain was in New Orleans East, which was probably due to overtopping. But in the drainage canals that feed into Lake Pontchartrain, the 17th Street and London Avenue Canal, there was no overtopping, and the failures were likely caused by weaknesses in the foundation soil underlying the levees, the weakness in the soils used to construct the earthen levee embankments themselves, or weaknesses caused by vegetation growing along the levees. These were the most costly breaches, leading to widespread flooding of central New Orleans, to include the downtown area and several large residential neighborhoods. According to Van Heerden of LSU, quote, the surge in Lake Pontchartrain wasn't that of a Category 3 storm, and nor did it exceed the design criteria of the standard Project Hurricane. Nicholson of ASCE concurred with this assessment, adding, 
quote, if the levees on lake pontchartrain had done what they were designed to do a lot of the flooding of new orleans would not have occurred and a lot of the suffering that occurred as a result of the flooding would not have occurred End quote. however these findings are preliminary most of the investigations will not issue their final reports until the spring or summer of two thousand and six for example the u s a c e i p e t report is scheduled to be completed in june two thousand and six possible causes of the levee breaches include a design not appropriate for the actual application indicating a shared deficiency storm conditions simply too overwhelming for the designed levees to withstand indicating an act of nature levee walls not secured deeply enough into the soil or otherwise improperly constructed indicating a usace deficiency improper maintenance of the levees indicating a local deficiency or a combination of factors conclusion hundreds of miles of levees were constructed to defend metropolitan new orleans against storm events these levees were not designed to protect new orleans from a category four or five monster hurricane and all the key players knew this the original specifications of the levees offered protection that was limited to withstanding the forces of a moderate hurricane once constructed the levees were turned over to local control leaving the u s a c e to make detailed plans to drain new orleans should it be flooded the local sponsors a patchwork quilt of levee and water and sewer boards were responsible only for their own piece of the levee it seemed no federal state or local entity watched over the integrity of the whole system which might have mitigated to some degree the effects of the hurricane when hurricane katrina came some of the levees breached as many had predicted they would and most of new orleans flooded to create untold misery the forces that destroyed the levees also destroyed the ability to quickly assess damage and make repairs the reasons for the levee failures appear to be some combination of nature's wrath the storm was just too large and man's folly an assumption that the design construction and maintenance of the levees would be flawless while there was no failure to predict the inevitability and consequences of a monster hurricane katrina in this case there was a failure of initiative to get beyond design and organizational compromises to improve the level of protection afforded End of section 15.